Hello and welcome to Wandering Through the Word.、Uh, this is Noah speaking, and on the other side we have. It's Pastor Dan, like always. Woohoo! Yep, it's just us two today. We are going through Romans 8 today. But before we begin, let's open with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for giving us your word. Thank you so much for the amazing truth that we have here. As we open up to read Romans 8, I pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds to、uh, be encouraged by the truth that you have to share with us, that we will live our lives for you, confidently for you, boldly for you, unashamed for you, God. We pray all these things in your Son's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Noah, before we begin, I've noticed、uh, in your Insta story that you looked,、uh, you visited somewhere and you saw some space stuff. Yes, I、some、did. Outer space stuff. Tell us about it. I finally went to I mean, I'm asking you to、Center. talk about. <laughs> I'm asking you to talk about science stuff. Well aware that it, you know people are in danger of falling asleep while they're on the road <laughs> driving, but it's a risk we're going to have to take, Noah. <laughs>、uh, yeah,、uh, me and Zion, we went to the California Science Center, and we finally, finally saw the space shuttle Endeavor. It's a real Ooh. life spaceship. Tell us about it. It's been to space twenty five times, and it's come back twenty five times.、Uh, it's about the size of a school bus,、uh, maybe a really big school bus, actually. But it's an incredible、like、a magic school bus. <laughs> yeah, except it's not yellow. But you know,、uh, and Miss Frizzle is not the pilot. But、uh, you know, it's really, really cool, really, really amazing. And the great thing is, you only have to spend three dollars to see it. So, Pastor Noah, we got to ask. What do you like about space so much? Like, what attracts you to outer space? Oh man, I think it's inspiring. It's so incredible knowing like how much is out there and how small we are in comparison to it.、Uh, I don't know. I find that oddly like humbling about where we are in our place in life, but it's also oddly inspiring knowing that even though we're so small and so almost seemingly insignificant in comparison to this universe, God still cares about us enough to give us a purpose and meaning in life. So I think I think it's like really inspiring and really crazy. Yeah, amen. And you know what? Maybe that we could just use that as our a segue into Romans eight. I think Romans eight has the same effect on people's hearts,、mm-hmm. which is why Romans eight for many people is like their favorite chapter in the Bible. It leaves us feeling so small in the vast, like just the vastness of God's love. It makes us feel so small and. At the same time, significant that so much this vast love is aimed towards us, and it's a powerful love. It's a life changing love, and I believe there's a there's r- so many reasons why this is so many people's favorite chapter in the Bible. Yeah, I agree.、Uh, it really, really helps us see ourselves in the big picture of God's cosmic plan for this universe, for human and. What humanity's place is in co- God's cosmic plan for this universe. So, for our,、um, today's podcast, we are going over Romans eight, but we will not be going over all of it today. That would be like you know, like I don't know if you are like an art museum and you're looking at the Mona Lisa, and then you only get like one glance, and they're like everyone's like move on, move move along, and it just doesn't feel like it's doing it justice for us to only spend one week. On it, so especially only like forty minutes on it, or thirty minutes after our long intro. So <laughs> we're going to split this up into smaller sections, and we hope that as we explore the vastness of God's love together,、um, it'll bless you.、Uh, today's passage, we're only going through Romans eight verses one through thirteen. So we're only going to check 
uh, go over the first uh, 13 verses of Romans 8. And we hope that through that, you can already start to see uh, God speaking to you about his love. Amen. Amen. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and start off? Uh, We'll read the first part. Let's read verses 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. All right, so what we see here already is Paul is picking up where he left off in Romans 5. And you might be like, well, Pastor Dan, what about 6 and 7, you know? (laughs) Well, like we said, 6 and 7, it's, I wouldn't say so much it's just like a detour, because it kind of moves the idea forward but remember we said romans 5 is like the the engine of the gospel and in romans 6 we talked about how the law cannot justify and romans 7 we talked about how the law cannot sanctify and after going through all that paul's coming back to what the this dynamic gospel does for us great so we're back to talking about the gospel and what it does for us where is romans 8 going to take us romans 8 We're going to split it up into multiple sections. But in this first section, the focus, the theme, you could call it the new life. This is the new life we have now, the new life that we could not get from the law. And so in verses 1 through 4, it's picking up where Romans 5 left off in terms of our new life. And it's a a wonderful, beautiful thing. You see, normally we think of salvation in terms of just legal terms, like uh, you did something wrong, you're forgiven now. But now we're seeing this new dynamic way that salvation is not just legal, it's life. It, it's a new way of living. And what we're going to start seeing in Romans 8, and part of the reason for the joy and the power of Romans 8, is that this new life we have is not just marked by our flesh and all these things. The new life, the dominant role player is actually the spirit. The spirit plays the dominant role in our new life now. And that's what we're starting to see now in Romans 8. So it's a different life. Remember we said last time, Romans 7, we ended up by saying, look at how many times it says, I, 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 me, 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 me. And it's just constraining this, this frustration. You're stuck and the sin. But now in Romans 8, you see God, 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 Christ, 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 spirit, spirit, spirit. And you see this freedom here. And that, encapsulates this idea of the new life we have. Amen. Yeah, you can see it really clearly here at the beginning. There's a contrast that Paul's setting up here, in spirit and in the flesh. And the two are opposite. You're either in one or the other. Before salvation, we're in the flesh. Now, through salvation, we're in the spirit. What is Paul doing here? What does it mean to be in the flesh? And what does it really mean to be in the spirit? Well, we're going to go about this in some of the later verses. So let's just start with the beginning. It's a, we, I really want to pinpoint this verse, verse 1, um, because it's a powerful verse. I wish all Christians spend time meditating on. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is no longer a threat to the Christian. And that's powerful. <laughs> like, there is no condemnation, like, not even a little bit, not even like a small amount. Why? Because we are in Christ Jesus. Remember, we really labored that point in chapter five. We are in Christ. We are in Christ. And this is so important for us because sometimes 
um, a lot of Christians, they would never say this, but they naturally, what do they think? They think there is no condemnation for now, but there might be condemnation tomorrow or condemnation when I fall again or condemnation when I sin, condemnation when I mess up. But what it says is, no, in the entirety of our life from now on, there is no condemnation because we're in Christ Jesus. That's in incredible news. Amen. That's such a wonderful truth. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now that we have this condemnation-free life, though, what's keeping us from going back into a life of sin? Well, if you remember from our previous podcast, this is a similar question to Romans chapter 6. However, if you think about it, it's an intentional uh, question that's brought up because in Romans 6, it's showing what the law could not do. And now it's showing what the gospel can do. And so if, once again, it's a similar question, a situation that we had in Romans 6. But in Romans 6, we're talking about what the law cannot do. And now we're talking about what the gospel can do. So what is the answer? Like, how does this, this new life, how does it help us live in a new way? Especially if there's no condemnation. Well, I think it's it's important for all our listeners to realize that um, the gospel sets us free to live the new life that we are supposed to live. Now, I think a lot of people have <laughs> the wrong understanding of what it means to obey God. You know, mm-hmm. the natural way we think of obeying God is um you have to do it, you know, <laughs> you, you or punks, else. you know, <laughs> or else, you know, you punish, you know, lightning, bolts and, uh, and... lightning Zeus, you know, and, you know, it's a very scary ordeal. However, if you think about obedience the wrong way in terms of the law, in terms of all these other ways, you actually make your, your, your holy life weaker. It brings in two types of weakness and that's what we want to fight today as we look at how the gospel actually is the only way we can live the new life okay so if you try to live the new life through the old way apart from the gospel it introduces two weaknesses that will stop you what are those weaknesses trying to stop us from living the new life the first weakness is called guilt okay Every time you fail, guilt just kind of like builds up and builds up and builds up. It makes us hate ourselves. It makes us hate our walk with God. The guilt makes us feel like living for God is all a burden. Like we just always feel like we're failing and we feel like he's never happy with us and it burns us out. And so if we try to live the new life in terms of the old way, the old power, the old spirituality, guilt is the first weakness that you must, you'll never overcome because we will always fail. We will always be sinful. And so the guilt will always build up and will always feel like living for God is a burden. So that's the first weakness. The second weakness is giving up and it's linked with guilt, but in a different way. What I mean by giving up is the more we feel like a failure, we feel unmotivated. We feel like I will never change. I will never grow. I will never be spiritual. And so we get so unmotivated until we quit. And so if we try to live the new life in terms of the old spirituality, we introduce two weaknesses that we cannot overcome, guilt and giving up. And so that's what's going to lead us into actually into verses 5 through 8 now because we're going to start seeing how the gospel alone sets us free to live this new life. Yeah, let me read verses 5 through 8. 
Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's laws, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Alright, like you said before, there are two ways to live this new life we have in Christ. There's the old way, which Paul characterizes by having a mind of the flesh. And then there's this new way, having a mind of the spirit. Yeah, and uh, as we think about uh, the two minds, the two desires that are growing in our life, I mean, the two lives couldn't be any more different from each other. Uh, Like verse 6 is showing us that the mindset on the flesh, if we're developing our desires for this world, it will lead to death. But the mindset on the spirit, as we grow our desire for God, it will lead to, as verse 6 says, life and peace. And those two lives couldn't be any more different from each other. Yeah, and so um, now here's our one technical thing for the day. Uh, All right. When they say, yeah, I know, this is the fun stuff. When they say the mind, and it keeps saying, you know, mind of the spirit, mind of the flesh, it does not necessarily just mean like thoughts. Like to have the mind of the spirit or the mind, it doesn't mean like these emotionless, stoic thoughts like, oh, I just have these like, I think X, Y, and Z like a law. It's not like that. In the ancient world, the mind was actually uh, viewed as something similar to what we today, how we today view the heart. And so what we think of the heart today is actually what they thought of the mind back then. And so it's a law of the the will of your life is in the mind. So it's very... Uh, almost like it's full of heart it's not this emotionless just thought life once again and so when it says we have the mind of the spirit or mind of flesh it's not just talking about like okay i'm thinking what the spirit is thinking but it's almost as if my heart desires and wills for what the spirit desires and wills for or my heart desires and wills for what the flesh desires to will for and I hope that makes it a little bit easier to understand when it says, like, for instance, the mindset on the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't mean that we're just thinking those thoughts, but it makes more sense now. You know, like we are willing it for it to happen. Our, it's almost as if you could replace it. The heart set on the flesh is hostile to God. So we just want to make that clear up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so when it talks about the mind of the flesh and the mind of the spirit, it's not just our thought life, but it's our, our heart and our desires as well. And once you understand that, you can understand now why the spirit and the gospel can do what the law can't. Remember, we were talking about with the original question that Pastor Noah asked. How does the gospel help us live this new life? The law can't do it because uh, the law ultimately cannot change your heart. That's what we talked about last week uh, with Romans 7. But what we see here is that the spirit changes our heart. And only when the spirit changes our heart, starting from changing our hearts or our minds, that's how our hands start to change. That is how we start living the new life. This is the new life that's only through the gospel because it has to be through the spirit, has to be through the gospel of God. And so because we are in Christ, what you're saying is that this mind of the the flesh, our desires in the flesh is dying and our desires for God and our desires for the things of the spirit is alive and it's growing. Um, what happens to the mind of the flesh? What happens to our desires? For, are they, is it dead or is it still there or what happened to it? 
Well, ah, uh, that's the tricky one. Um, in the in the Bible, there is a concept of the already, not yet. And normally, we use a concept like the kingdom, like the kingdom of God is already here, but yet not yet here completely. Um, salvation is already here, but not yet completely here because we're not in heaven. You know, the same type of concept holds with our the mind of the flesh. It is dead and dying i guess i mean it's a kind of maybe gruesome example but maybe like a chicken with his head cut off cut off i i've never seen it but i heard when the chicken gets head cut off it's dead but i heard it could also run around so it's dying and it's kind of like that the mind of the flesh has been christ has like struck the death blow on the mind of the flesh yet it is still dying i guess Actually, maybe a biblical example, kind of like crucifixion. Uh-huh. When you're crucified, you're as good as dead. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you are still dying. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of like that idea. Like our old self, this old mind of the flesh has been crucified with Christ. So it's as good as dead, is counted as dead, is condemned completely as dead. Yet it is still dying on the cross. And so that's our relationship with our old ways, with the with the flesh. It is both dead and dying. And I know sometimes it feels like, well, Pastor Dan doesn't feel very dead, you know. Mm-hmm. But kind of like, you know, any person, any body, when it's in extreme danger as it's about to die, it has these spurts of energy trying to save its life. That's what our sinful flesh is doing. It's surely dying, but has spurts to try to trick us as if it was alive to try to save itself. But it is surely dead and dying. Maybe a less gruesome example is like a like a flower. You know, you you pluck it; it looks beautiful, <laughs> but it's not alive. It's dying. Dying. Yeah, yeah. You know, I thought a flower one too, but I just didn't want to use it because I don't want to liken sin to a flower. You know, uh, maybe maybe like a weed, a bad flower. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> cactus or something. <laughs> And so this mind of the flesh uh, is very opposite from the mind of the spirit. Uh, in verse 7, it says that the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law. Uh, so um, for us ourselves, um, maybe sometimes we feel like uh, we don't want to submit to God's law. Is this something that's coming from our flesh? Yeah, so we still struggle with the flesh, but at the same time, our lives are a little bit... Verse 7 no longer applies to us. And the reason why it no longer applies to us is because verse 9, <laughs> verse 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So yes, we struggle. However, your identity has been changed. And actually, you know how we said in the beginning, we're only going through verses 1 through 13 today, the new life. Verse 14 and on is the new identity. And we're going to go on to that next week. But you see, starting from here already, it's so clear. And it's actually starting from chapter 5. We have this new identity. We're no longer in the flesh, no longer in Adam, but we are in the spirit. So with that, why don't we just transition and talk about that verse 9 through 13 then. All right, let's find out what this new life is. Verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Uh, verse 12, 
So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Amen. So what we see is, once again, we are not in the flesh. You can wrestle with it. Mm-hmm. You can struggle against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are not in it. Mm. It is a con- The flesh is considered dead. Um, as we've seen so so often in Romans six, you know, the death we died, we died with Christ. You know, we died to the flesh uh, when we died with Christ. We are counted dead with Christ. However, uh, as we see in um, verse thirteen, if you uh, live according to the flesh, you will die. But by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. So once again, that's what you were asking earlier. In Romans six, it says we're dead to the flesh. However, here it says put the deeds of the body to death. So once again, it is dead and dying. It is already dead by the work of Christ, but it must actively be put to death in, uh, through our faith, through our lives. And so we see a little bit of both here. So the flesh is dead and dying. What's taking its place? The spirit, right? But how is the spirit working in us? Yeah, and so here we come to the center of this new life that we live, this new life that we have, and the sanctified life, this new holy life that we are living. Once again, up until this point, we are keep building up that we have a new life in Christ. This first part of Romans 8 is a contrast to the last part of Romans 7. Romans 7, it starts out, uh, the last part, it starts with this frustrating part, like, you know, I can't do what I want to do. I feel stuck. I feel burdened by the law. I can't, I can't live rightly. I'm always doing wrong. And so it ends with who will rescue me? Well, thanks be to Christ. That's how it ends. And now we're seeing how Christ gives us the new life. And this is the good news, uh, particularly in how to live this new life practically every day. And here's how the Spirit sets us free. Uh, notice in verse 12, it says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Okay? And it says, so then, brothers, we're debtors. And so what are we debtors to then? Not to the flesh. That's what the rest of uh, verse 12 says. And so we have to trace back to uh, verse 11. We trace back to, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead uh, dwells in you. So he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Uh, and he will also give life to your mortal bodies uh, as well. And so what we see here is this idea of we are debtors, not to the flesh, no longer to the flesh. The new life we live, we live according to Jesus Christ. We live according to the spirit that gives us life. And I'm going to just summarize all these verses into a very practical one for people. Uh, I hope you hold on to mortifying the flesh mortifying is another way of just putting to death mortifying the flesh means continually exposing your heart to the powerful love of christ that is the engine of now this new life of holiness that is what allows us to live this new life that the law could not uh enable us to do in fact the the law trapped us as we saw in romans 7 all these other works they trapped us no there was no way for us to live this life the only way we can live it now the new life we have in the gospel in christ is by continually exposing our hearts to the powerful love of christ 
That is how the Spirit empowers us to live this new life. That is what drives this new life forward. That is the center of this new life. We must mortify our flesh by continually exposing our hearts to the powerful love of Christ. Amen. And so once again, the way you summarized all of this is that that we continue to put to death the flesh by continuing to expose our hearts uh, to the love of Christ, right? Yes. So the way I imagine it, based on what you explained, is uh, I'm in, I've got Christ wandering through my heart and he's got this flashlight in his hand and yeah. inside my heart is just this pit of darkness and he's just going mm. around and and shining this flashlight around and everything yeah. this flashlight points at, you know, starts to light up, right? Yeah. And so it's almost like Christ is wandering around into every dark corner of my heart with this flashlight, lighting everything up, right? Mm-hmm. And the way you describe it uh, shows us that it's not a one-time thing. The work of Christ is not a one-time thing in our life. It's something that's freeing us uh, step by step. It's a continual thing. Amen. And that's why, just to bring it full circle now, we started off by saying, you know, without Christ, if you try to live the new life the old way, you run into the weaknesses, guilt and giving up. And it's because if you try to do the old way, whenever you fail, you either feel guilt or you will give up. And because of that, you will naturally feel burdened by Christ. You'll naturally feel burdened by his eyes, his holiness, his his light. And you'll want to stay away from him. But that's actually what's going to keep you that's what was going to stop you from growing. Uh, for, as an example, it would be like, like a, you would be like a plant running away from the sunlight. <laughs> and what you need to do is to continually bring it back to the light. And that's actually the only way you're going to grow. You see, what drives the new life forward is his love. And you need to continually bring your heart like a plant to his love. And he needs to shine that light on your heart over and over and over. And that's what's going to drive your new life. There's no other way to live this new life. It's not through law. It's not through legalism. It's not just through doing the right things. It has to be through his love. Everything the light touches, (laughs) it redeems. All right. So to wrap all that up, um, we see, you know, up to this point in Romans 8, there were so many questions like, if I'm forgiven, why should I live rightly? Or, you know, like, if I couldn't obey the law before, like, it just seems like such a burden. What changes now that I'm in Christ? And all these other questions about righteous living. But what we see is that all these burdens, all these fears, all these guilt, all these things we would expect to come with the law are done away with because at the center of the new life of Christ is not a new law, but a new love. And that's the center of the new life we have in God. And that's what, that's how we're going to kick off this Romans 8. We're opening the doors of this new life because we have a new love. And yes, we are called to live in a different way. And yes, all these other things. But the center of it all, the center of a new life is not a new law, but a new love. And that's why it's so joyful. That's why it's so explosive. That's why it's such good news because the center of the new life is new love. Yeah. And that's the one lesson, the one thing we're trying to take away from today's podcast. Uh, The new life is centered around the new love. It's not a new law. It's not uh, a new flesh, but the one thing, the one thing our new life is based around is the new love we have in Christ. 
All right. So as we wrap up, once again, as Pastor Noah was saying, we have that one lesson for you. The new life is centered on the new love, not on the new law. And like we've been saying uh, throughout this podcast over and over and over, the way we mortify the flesh, the way we overcome these things is by continually exposing our hearts to the love of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage all our listeners today. um, So often we believe in the gospel but we try to sanctify ourselves as if we don't believe in the gospel, as we as if we believe in our works. But Christ alone and his love alone is the only thing that will transform us. So I want to invite all of us to uh, change our hearts in terms of how we grow in Christ. It's It was never in our hands. It's never a legalistic way. We're not powerful or strong enough it's as children as we receive from christ his love over and over and over it's by abiding in his love over and over and over that's how we're going to grow and that's the only way yeah so let's wrap things up here um let's hold on to that one lesson that uh, we have this new life in christ uh and it changes the whole way we think about sanctification the whole way we think about works and the law uh going all the way back to verse one There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So even when we feel uh, the burden of uh, guilt on our hearts or when we feel like we have to work for our salvation, let that verse come to you guys as a reminder and an encouragement that we don't need to work for our salvation. We are already free from the condemnation of sin. Instead, we are free now to enjoy the love of Christ. With that, Let me close us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for giving us this podcast and this time to go through Romans 8, the first part, where we learned about how great and freeing this new life we have in you and how this new life is all about your love, all about embracing and exposing ourselves to your love. God, as we go through our week, as we go through the rest of this commute, I pray that you would help us to reflect on that and see this in our own life, God. Help us to bring the parts of our heart uh, that we need to bring to you and expose those things to the light, expose those things to your love, God. We trust you and we praise you and we pray all these things in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us. We will continue next week with the rest of Romans 8. All right. See you guys. God bless.